Hello, and welcome to the Friday Live thing. Whether you have an existing online business or are just starting out, we show you how to grow and scale your business the easy way. Here are your hosts, Tim Goodwin and Mark Thompson. Dun, dun. Hi guys, and welcome to the Friday Live thing. Well, there's probably will not be anyone here today because I got the time wrong, didn't I? I was only 12 hours out, but 11 p.m. rather than 11 a.m. So hey, <laughs> we just talk. We just talk among ourselves. And I'm sure you can always catch up on the replay. So people will turn up. Yeah, of course they will. We've got all the waves. Um, Facebook lives, they do send out notifications when you go live. Yeah. Um, so we have a guest here. We have our good friend from 18 months ago, <laughs> Daniel Danes. Hi, Daniel. Hello. Thanks for having me on, guys. Right. I, want to, I, want, I want to welcome Daniel properly because 18 months ago we interviewed him when you're really just sort of starting on this content of... for this website and stuff yeah, yeah. I, I done content before but for this new site yeah, yeah. I and mean, we, so we talked about like content marketing etc and we talked about you know how to get authority and stuff like that we, we, we were the pretty much we were the first podcast you were on yeah for this, for and, this site, and now yeah. you are a podcast god you're every you've been on <laughs> every decent show and you know what you've not mentioned us once I have. If, if you go on my media page, you guys are the first one on the media page. I'm glad about that then, because I, I was checking your, your your podcast pitch page, and we're not mentioned. You got all of those good guys there, but not the first. <laughs> if you've got your first love, how in dare fairness, you? Know, I threw up my page you in the big time. <laughs> forget about the boys who gave you a start. <laughs> That's what it is. No, you're on a, you're on the media page on the top oh, of the page, good. and then also on um. I think you're on the on the page for our main course as well as an example of like what can happen, the opportunities that can happen when you actually are putting out good content. Yeah. yeah. And that was, I was actually checking yesterday. That was the twenty second most watched or listened to podcast we had. Twenty second, mate, <laughs> almost top twenty. But I, I promoted it again yesterday, so it's probably gone up now to top fifteen. That's it. You see, it's probably like a promotion issue on your end. It's it's good content. It's just not getting out there in front of people. <laughs> I don't know. How you do, man. So anyway, today we've, well, we're going to talk about a few things. We're going to talk about basically, um, <laughs> oh, here he comes again. Okay. He's always up late commission. Dave Toomey. <laughs> we were actually, Dave were talking yesterday. Oh, myself and Dave are starting a podcast, but nothing you. to do with marketing. Right, just to talk about sport and shit we do. <laughs> just for, you know, just to prove that, you know, doing podcasts doesn't have to be about making money it can be just for a bit of enjoyment a bit of fun so we're starting that but we were talking yesterday and we were talking about how to get on podcasts and stuff like that i was telling about what, what you're doing he went yeah ask mark who then ask dave and then then dave will sort it out <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna know a guy who knows a guy and then ask what, yeah. what's funny is um i don't actively listen to that many business podcasts most of the stuff i listen to is garbage it's like talking about dungeons and dragons and something yeah. else and something else and yet they're hugely uh, monetized these yeah. things you know more probably easier in fairness because there's like a bigger more active user base who actually buys content and stuff you know so i think some of it as well is that a lot of those types of um <laughs> <laughs> what well, actually it's, it's good that he's put that point it's you know, a lot of these um, other types of podcasts, they're selling actual physical products rather than digital products or courses or info products and stuff like that, which in my opinion are actually harder to sell than actually a physical product. When you've mm. got, you know, a podcast that reaches a certain audience and you've got a particular physical product that you can put in front of them, it's an easier sell. It's an easier win in my opinion. So. Um, yeah, that's why these kind of those types of podcasts are actually, you know, massively monetized. Um, yeah. You know, uh, there's, you know, uh, certainly within the e-commerce space, um, there's a lot of buzz going around um, developing podcasts or be, getting on podcasts or, or advertising through podcasts mm. to get your product out there. Um, like Joe, you know, Joe raises and stuff. Yeah, it's like, um, I think the example that I came up with was, um, it was uh, Joe Rogan and uh, Onnit Nutrition. Um, that blew up because Onnit basically started because of um, Joe Rogan's podcast. 
um, you know, and, and, and advertising on that platform. So yeah, it's, it, it's, a, it's a, you know, a very viable medium, certainly for the product, uh, the physical product world. I mean, what, what we're going to sorry, what, we, what we're going to actually talk about today is traffic, authority, and backlinks. Okay, we're talk, we 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 probably got to do it genuinely, but we want to actually focus on a little bit podcasts, because as I, as I sort of said said at the beginning, D Daniel came on our podcast. Um, he launched his content marketing business. He promoted it by going onto podcasts basically, and um, he gives good content. I do what I can, <laughs> but the, I mean the number the number of podcasts that there are out there now is massive. And the point we're going to come we're going to talk about is you know all these podcasts need guests. So if you can find podcasts that you've got that are in your or in an, in or around your niche, I mean a lot of them will give you airtime. Mm. Especially if you can make it a no brainer for them to say yes. Like if you can think of what the podcast host needs you know a lot of people say can i come on your show but they're not uh they're making it all the work on the host if you come up with topic ideas boom that's easier straight away especially if you've researched it and you know it'll fit their audience and then if you can add something else to it it's you know all they have to do then is say yes and pick a date whereas if you are just saying hey can i come on there's so much work and they can't be asked to do it really yeah, you know. I mean, Dave makes a good point here. Use podcasts to engage your current audience, not think it'll necessarily grow your audience. Yeah, and that's the way to just talk to your audience via somebody else's medium. Yeah, totally. Like, it's weird as well. Like, we've done some shows that are huge, and the podcast has done well, but traffic that comes across is nothing. And then more niche shows uh, outperform every week. We get traffic from and things like that. But um, I think as an authority builder as well, it really helps in your space. I think it's a kind of a very similar kind of thing that you find with the influencer world that we love. Yeah. Um, you know, with um, Instagram. Instagram influencers or, or any social media influencers is like, yeah, whilst you might be able to get PewDiePie to, you know, show your products, it's not going to create the mass rush of, you know, of, of, of sales that you think it's going to. Um, Whereas what, what, uh, what we pointed out on a few shows ago, the Instagram influencer with, with three million followers couldn't sell twenty t-shirts. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which is just it's madness. It's like you go, well, what, who is this? What is this audience? Who's listening to this person? Um, and, and, and are they really gen creating a genuine connection with them? And when somebody's got like three million or five million or twenty million followers, it's like how much of a one-to-one -one connection can we actually make as a as a as the from the influencer's perspective? How much of a of a, of a connection can we make? And certainly, uh, you know, if you've got an audience of two hundred people, it's like you you pretty much know everybody by first name. It's it's like this what we're doing right now with the Facebook Lives. We've been doing the Facebook Live thing for forever and this is number 46 so we've done 46 facebook lives and before we did 50 podcasts and it's like we know like uh you know pretty much everybody who comes on we know them by first name and we could you know we can have a communication with them and so our influence if uh, i hate using the word with the with the guys well, that we're, we're more effluence mate than influence <laughs> Um, you know, it, it's like, you know, if Mark starts talking about a particular product, um, we arguably have better, stronger influence to that smaller group of people. So, yeah, it's um, hugely powerful. Sorry, I'll turn off my thing. So, um, a thousand true fans, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's far more powerful. I think as well, Instagram is in a weird bubble in that there's a lot of younger kids who use it and they know how to manipulate it. So a lot of that growth is people who just don't pay attention. Also, a lot of them want to be influencers, so they follow each other to be followed back. And they all want to sell each other stuff, but they're all just salesmen talking to each other and no one's interacting. And then I think sometimes some people buy airspace in the wrong place. You know, they buy ad space in the wrong place. It's like that person isn't going to resonate or get any traction. But it... It kind of winds me up as like a, as a more direct response kind of guy. I'm just like, it's, 
a lot of it's fluff sometimes, you know. I don't yeah. offend anyone. I've got friends who do it, so. See, I mean, I've noticed this this week, talking about ab advertising, on the marketplace in Facebook, right? So I go and look at cars or minis or something like that to buy. Um, Tim, I sold, I got rid of the Porsche, it's gone, man. I'm no, I'm no longer a marketer. <laughs> I'm no longer a proper marketer. I don't have a sports car anymore. Are you going to get a Lambo instead? No, I've got an old Citroen C3. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway that's beside the point i'm sad now um but you know, go, go to marketplace on facebook there's now ads so i had sean vosler advertising next to a mini now copywriting book next to a mini i mean come on man when i'm looking at the marketplace i'm there for one thing i'm there to actually buy whoa daniel's turned up twice we can hang on we have two daniels look there you go can you well, hear me now yeah 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 Right. It, uh, I apologize. We we have like a gigabyte connection. It shouldn't drop. But um, sorry, mate. We didn't even notice it had dropped. <laughs> that's what it is, right? I just I just pull out a cutout and then I go make a sandwich. And come back again. I use it for the. Uh, how weird was that? <laughs> I just thought you'd be like just sat there just watching us talk like we normally do. <laughs> no, but it, it, I mean the point I was making was in you know, a having. Advertising in the newsfeed is one thing. Advertising when someone's actually trying to buy something else. Yeah. I mean, that's... You have to be very good to do that. <laughs> <laughs> to change someone's mind and take them somewhere totally different, you've got to be yeah. having a crazy good offer. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I, I think I noticed it a few weeks ago as well in the on the messenger bots. Now, every third or fourth message is an advert. Every yeah. section in the marketplace has an advert. And it's getting, Facebook, on, on Facebook is getting too much, I think. Well, if Facebook's got to that point, obviously it got to this point two years ago when they ran out of inventory. And so we were talking about this last week or the week before when we were talking about YouTube and like the available inventory that's on YouTube. And it, it's just got to that. <laughs> um, I have a library that's not mine to park it in. <laughs> Ooh. Um, so, you know, obviously Facebook's still got this this inventory problem that, you know, there's, there's all these 7 million advertisers, however many it is, a million new advertisers have come on board onto Facebook in the last 12 months. It's, you know, it, it's it's a growing, growing problem. And obviously cost for acquisition, like click through rates are absolutely diabolical and blah, blah, blah. It's just getting worse. So it's like, okay, so what other platforms are there out there? And that's ultimately why we want to talk to this man today is, you know, talking about um, traffic and where he gets and how he gets his traffic. Yeah. Traffic links and authority. What do you want to know? Fire away. Traffic. I don't know. We, we, I don't know. we just talked among ourselves. We, we don't even know he's here yet. <laughs> and, you know, I, obviously, like when, when we spoke to you last, a lot of the stuff you were doing was um, uh, building, essentially building authority through um, the, the content that you're writing and a lot of the stuff that you were doing was uh, SEO based, but boosted by paid media. Um, is that kind of still what you're doing or are you doing something different? Was there particular platforms that you're utilizing for paid media? Or are you just relying very much still on the SEO and building authority through podcasts and all that kind of stuff? So we, um, our entire thing is about uh, promotion of content, how to leverage assets effectively. So we only have, four, I say, four blog posts on the site. That's it. I've not written anything new in 10 months. And yet, we, you know, we generate thousands of dollars a month uh, through the site because the content is good and the content converts and it does its job. So it's all automated via content and things like that. I've just been promoting that articles that we've got for the last 10 months, building links, pitching podcasts, doing shows. I think we've pitched... Uh, I don't know about 80 and done about 60 shows, something like that. Um, active campaign and all those kind of guys and stuff. So we actually do quite a lot of things. So we, we use pay channels, we use influencer marketing, we do SEO. Um, every channel that's out there has strengths and weaknesses. So obviously SEO is great, but it takes ages to do and it takes ages to kick in. 
like I'm, there's links that I know I've got that are still not being found and things like this for months and months and months and months. And then if you have an issue, I don't know if I told you last time, the Yoast SEO plugin decided to make a new page for every image that we had. So it made 95 pages and we dropped from first to like page 10, kind of thing like first in the rankings. So there's all these kind of issues there, but you'd be mad not to do it because the traffic is huge and it's not that hard to like build links and things. Likewise, paid ads, very fast to convert, turn the ad off, you're not making anything. Influences can be good, but it spikes of traffic and it drops again. So we actually combine it all. We follow a set process of release and publish. And it's usually, to simplify, um, we'll start working with influencers on day one of a launch of a post. So we get these spikes of traffic and social proof. Immediately we'll start running ads to that content and get it profitable. And, um, and then from that, we'll start doing link building and SEO. So like at, at its most simplest, so the ads are running at a profit. You know, I think we, what do we say? We make like $22 for every dollar that we spend on ads. It's actually higher now. I'm running an ad to the article about that and that gets an 83% opt-in rate. So it's like it converts even higher, but like that ad. Um, so we're doing that, scaling it out, building links, going through everything that we have is like a standard operating procedure. So like systems of doing things because otherwise I'd forget how to do it. And there's a lot of stuff to do that we can leverage. So, but we do them in order. So it's like easy link building opportunities and resource pages and things like that. And then podcasts, because it's really easy once an article has just been launched uh, to pitch that article because it's new. And so people want to talk about it and hear about it. And some of the links from some of the podcasts are like a DA80. So that it's like a backlink like that. If you were to buy it from some dodgy place, it would cost you thousands of dollars a month, you know, and even better, you're getting the link, but you're actually getting their audience. You're getting to connect with people and things like that. So we've been doing that, um, reverse engineering competitors. We're still doing link building. We're going to do a bit of guest posting soon, but that one article took us from a DR zero to like a DA40 on its own for one blog post, just from like building links to it. I think there's like 76 unique websites, which is like 600 and something backlinks. I'm not sure, but it, it's not a huge amount, but it's very niche and it's very targeted and it converts. And the opportunity, the keyword itself that we're targeting is about, there's a couple of them, but it's like about 7,000 visitors a day if we rank for it. And we're starting to now, we're starting to see this scale coming in. So we just follow that because I think for every visitor on our site right now, it's worth $4 just for visitor, not a customer, just because of how well we convert and stuff. So that's why we continue to promote because there's so many more people we can put content out in front of rather than just keep writing something new for the people we've got. Like if, would I do the same thing if there wasn't like long-term assets, like compounding and things? I think I would still. Because once you've got enough pieces of content that do their job and it sells for you, you know, you don't always have to be doing stuff. I'm just lazy, really. I like to just kind of, I'll do a bit, I'll do like a lot of work today and then just leave me alone for two weeks while I go and play the PlayStation or go surfing or something. It's interesting because when we spoke to you 18 months ago, you were sort of embarking on this process and mm. you stuck at it. You stuck at it for 18 months. I'm very stubborn. <laughs> Yeah, but most people would have gone two months, oh, well, I'll try something else. Mm. But you just gone, okay, no, I'm going to do this. I'm going to get drive traffic to this article or these four articles, the whole four articles. And this 18 months down the road, you're getting, how, what, what traffic did you say? Did you say? Something ridiculous. We're not even getting, no, no, no. That's the potential. We're not even getting oh, yeah. that yet. This is the thing. We're only getting about 50 visitors a day. Okay. And yet we're making thousands of dollars a month. Wow. So when we get to actually the point that we are, this isn't the first time we've generated traffic. We've done it for clients and stuff before. Like, so Freya took uh, the SaaS company that she works with from 30,000 to 200,000 a month in organic traffic. It took them from like 3 million to 7 million a year or something ridiculous in sales because of the traffic. Great bonus. Yeah. They should definitely pay more if I'm honest, but, um, so we've done stuff like this before and I am very stubborn and you know, you can, you know, that it works. So you just got to keep putting in the work. Um, but yeah, so 
the reason it only gets low traffic, that's organic. It gets more traffic from paid ads because paid ads are just pushing through. But talking from organic point of view, it's very low because it's against Buffer and HubSpot and Neil Patel and things like that, really powerful domains. But it's on page one for, I don't know, five or six keywords, but it actually ranks for about 50 different keywords. Potential monthly traffic is something ridiculous, like 40,000 a month, you know, and it converts, obviously conversion will go down as the traffic goes up and stuff like that. But that's why we stick to it because it's just every new backlink after that, after a certain point, it's like an inflection, right? And it's suddenly it's not just five more visitors. It's now 50. Now it's a thousand. Now it's just because of, like, as soon as you start getting on that first page and going up, but yeah, we still, you know, we're spending about $150 a day on Facebook ads. So that converts well to sales from there. So only about what's that, four and a half grand a month kind of thing, yeah. mainly because of what you were saying about um, issues with new people coming onto the platform and stuff and being outbid. So even with, com uh, even with campaigns that do really well, we found that ads would just stop running unless we upped the daily bid. So the campaign would stay the same and things like this but it just wouldn't deliver. And so we'd have to say, this is how much we're willing to spend. And then it would deliver and it would still convert at the same price. We just have to be willing to spend more money, excuse me, uh, per month. But yeah, I just had a coffee because it was getting to like eight o'clock and I was falling asleep on the sofa. So I do apologize <laughs> if I start ranting about this stuff. Yeah, but it's interesting because you said you're, you're up against New Patel. Now, your business yes. model is you've got four articles. Neil Patel pub probably publishes a new article every day. Mm. He's just putting stuff and messaging everybody every day, going, got a new article, got a new article, got a new Obviously, he's not writing it himself. Yeah. He's um, basically buying in content. Or he's got a content team, uh, which is still the which same thing. It can work, but I don't think it's the... I don't think as a business owner who wants to use content to communicate, you need that volume. Like we're, we're, we're living proof. You don't need that volume to successfully go out and get customers and things like that. It's more, they are literally shotgunning everything and seeing what sticks and then just keeping it all and just carrying on and carrying on, you know? I, I suspect that their stats are, are spiking. There's a spike every day to a new bit of content. Then that content gets no traffic going mm. forward. And yeah. then so they're constantly having to add new stuff to get more traffic onto the site. Which is um, the same topic as well. It's usually yeah. like a variation. It almost looks like spun content now because it's so similar to something that's been done six weeks ago and again and again. I don't know how they come up with ideas. It's exhausting just yeah. like thinking of all the different topic ideas that they would need. They probably just yeah. run Uber suggest and every every keyword is a topic. Yeah, probably. No. I mean, I, I've got a, got a question here from Dave. What's the basic process for writing an epic piece of content? So you've got to figure out what your goal is first. Like when you say an epic piece, is it to get a mass amount of shares and go viral? Or is it to actually convert? Personally, I don't care about social shares and things. So goddamn Thrive themes. I keep removing the share button and they keep putting it back on every time they update it. <laughs> <laughs> so for me, I would rather have a conversion because one subscriber is closer to a sale than, you know, a thousand shares because only a small percentage would do that. So being clear on what the goal is, because if you do want to write something that gets shared a lot, it's usually super, super valuable, like a massive data backed research post, or it's something that really connects emotionally. It either is like us versus them, or it's contrarian, or it's like a struggle that got you somewhere. So like from a business point of view, if you want to write a piece of content that converts someone, it usually there's like different triggers that you need to hit authority and trust, reciprocity, things like this, basically 1500 to 3000 words step by step. So you can actually have value and it's actionable because people will share content that's valuable. It also then builds trust and authority. There has to be a unique opt-in offer because you want to convert everyone. You don't want an asset that gets traffic and doesn't do anything you know it's like having a retail store with no staff you know so everything has to do its job um there has to be some kind of emotional connection because a how-to guide to do something is great but if you really know why your audience 
has that pain point and you can connect, it's going to like, it's going to pull them through that post and they'll really do something about it. But other than that, really, those are all the things you need. You can start to nerd out a bit. The way our brain works, the way that we perceive information, um, we work on like a three system. We have like the lizard brain, midbrain, neocortex. So we're very emotionally driven. We're on like autopilot all the time. Then we go off of uh, previous experiences and things that we've had even as a kid to make choices. And only then do we become logical. So we need to address that in our content. That's why headlines and introductions are usually very emotionally driven because that lizard brain, I have that pain, I have that desire, stuff like that. So how you structure the information. So for example, a how-to post or a case study. People always do case studies wrong. They, they say, we worked with this person, they did this, and that's it. <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, so a case study is actually a transformation. It's, it's something that your audience wants to change. So if you can show in detail how they felt and what you did, they're more likely to be a customer. Rather than you saying, I worked with so-and-so company and we got 27 uh, ROI or whatever. That's great, but it doesn't build trust. It's just another statement, a blanket statement. But if you say, we worked with them, they were struggling with this. SaaS companies have a lot of funding, but also a lot of pressure But on it. Jesus. So my computer is giving me all kinds of things. The screen turned off. <laughs> I was like, God, not again. You know, like if you can connect with that, suddenly like that SaaS company customer who you want is really going to read because they're like, this person knows me. Then you show them what you did and you break down the steps. You introduce uh, the hero of the story who is the customer, you know, so now they see themselves in it and they're actually emotionally invested and they see that the result is from someone who was similar to them and had similar pain points. Straight away, that connects more than anything else. Then you can blast out the steps you did and then there could be a call to action to work with you. Some people were never going to be a customer, but they will see the authority and value in what you just wrote and they'll share it and they'll link to it. The people who do want to be a customer, they'll go, that looks brilliant. I don't want to do that myself. Can I hire you? And you'll, they'll get on a call and you'll have the money in your account, none of this back and forth and things like this. So there's certain boxes to tick and then there's certain structure to it as well. I'm actually, um, so my dad's real sick at the moment. So I've kind of got a fire under me to get stuff done. I'm super lazy until I was like 28 years old and now I'm just getting stuff done. So I'm writing a content marketing book and we're talking about it in there, like the template and the structure of how you do these things and how you communicate that information, because it's so vital that it'll connect far better if you follow those archetypes. So I know I've been ranting for a while, but almost every, almost every film or every TV show in history follows seven archetypes, like the hero's journey where they start as a call to action, they resist the call. You know, it's that's Star Wars, that's Frodo, that's Elsa from Frozen. It's all these people. But the thing is, if you actually look at content to do a job and you look at the systems that we have, you suddenly realize there's only like nine archetypes that you need. You need to be able to sell people. So you need some kind of sequence to actually take them on that path to becoming a customer. Because a lot of people don't have that. They don't, they have pieces of content to attract, but they have nothing to actually do the job of selling. Not a sales page, but something that takes them from very unaware and moves them along in different stages. You need content for SEO because the people who can actually link to you are not your customers. You know, they don't have websites, I think. So like you find there's different archetypes that just fit all the time. So it's, it's kind of cheating. Once you know all this different stuff, it's kind of like, oh, I want to do this. I pick that archetype. I plug in this information here. <clears throat> Like, I mean, you can, like we wrote 9,000 words yesterday. That's like two blog posts, three blog posts in a day. So again, coffee is fully kicked in. <laughs> that <laughs> is I good apologize. Stuff. No, this is good stuff. Yeah. So I'm um, going back a little bit to something you said like way back. 10 minutes um, ago. 10 minutes ago, um, talking about um, backlinking. And yes. by doing some of the podcasts, you're getting like some backlinks with insane uh, domain authority. Yeah. What's um, without obviously, you know, you 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 won't share where that's come from. But it's like, it, are you are you selectively? 
are, are these podcasts that you're going on to, do they have like a, a, a is it their webpage that has that domain authority or is it you're using the domain authority, say from um, the, the podcast software that you're using? Is that, is that how it works or? So I'll, I'll, we'll use Ahrefs here. Uh -huh. And as they do like a, um, a header bar for Firefox or Chrome or whatever. And as long as you're logged in, any website you go on, it'll actually tell you what their domain authority is. Uh, and if you click, it'll also tell you the page and stuff like that. So when I'm looking for podcasts to go on, that's one of the criteria we look at, but it's not the only criteria. Like I'm looking first to see, believe it or not, the first thing I check is if they're still publishing, yeah. because it's like, <laughs> it's a bit of a waste if you go through the whole thing and I've done it before. So now everything I'm good at is stuff that I was bad at before, you know, like these mistakes. Uh, so I'm checking for that. I'm checking to see if they've got my audience, because again, it doesn't matter how good the link is if they don't have your audience. I'm checking to see if there's a connection, if we can add value. Because if I can't find a way for me to help them, then it's pointless because it's going any further, you know? And I check the domain authority. As a rule of thumb, I try and say um, anything above 20, 20 or 30, just because anyone who's at that level is building links. And anyone who's below that is probably just got a couple of links from like random pages and it's not going anywhere. That being said, I've been on podcasts before where it's like a DA five, but they get like 75,000 downloads a month, you know? So it's like, you've got to put that research in there and some of them are growing. So like that link now that might be quite weak will be more powerful in the future. You know, I think, uh, Ramit said he did like an article on Tim Ferriss's blog when it first started and it did nothing. And now it's like the most powerful, most traffic driving article he's ever had, you know? So looking into those things, but yeah, we just use um, Ahrefs, which is a paid tool to check that. But Moz has a free version as well. So SEO, it used to be called SEO Moz, but Moz.com. So. Oh. Um, sorry, let's just read some comments that come in on, on the side. Talk about story brand. Yes. But it's, yeah. it's the whole the whole thing about this podcasting. This, it is growing. I think how many podcasts are there at the moment? I was trying to dig out some facts. It was millions. It was ridiculous it? amounts. Yeah. And it's growing every day. And I said, we, they need customers or they, they yeah. need not, not customers. They need content. Yeah. I mean, we, 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 sit around, we sit around at five, five to 11 every, every Friday morning going, what are we going to talk about? Going <laughs> 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 the chat to get someone on the show. It makes it a lot easier. <laughs> I think a lot of people don't realize if a podcast hasn't been updated on iTunes after three weeks, it used to drop out of the update feed on your phone. So then if they release another episode at week four, it wouldn't update on your phone because like you haven't consumed anything of theirs recently. That makes sense. And so those guys, they were in that thing where they had to keep creating yeah. that cycle. And it's not that bad. Like a lot, some of them like batch it out. So they'll do like, 10 podcasts in one day and they've got 10 weeks set up or 10 months, you know? But yeah. The, the interesting one is the guys from Hustle and Flowchart, which mm. I know you, you've been on because it's, it's one of the ones I subscribe to and listen to. I was shocked when you came up on it one day. But I mean, they, <laughs> they, they've got it. It's a process for them. They go and record it. Either one of them will record it or both of them will record it and they'll, then they'll get together and they'll do a little intro, a 10 minute intro. Then they'll do the call. So they can record it anytime they want. And it yeah. just makes the whole process and that, that drives forward their whole business, their whole business make is basically around, built around that. Yeah. And, and affiliate marketing and stuff. So I, I think the podcast is, they have other businesses aside, but as far as I can see, like that's the traffic generation for them. Thanks. Yeah. Ian. No, Daniel's on the pressure, pressure. Ian's just said, looking forward to Daniel's book feels like the missing piece. <laughs> I, I hope so. Like I'm literally, I'm trying to, put as much out there as I can to make it as helpful and actually be an asset as well. Not just something that full disclosure, obviously we have a, a content program. We teach people how to write content and, but more importantly, we teach people how to promote content. So it is designed to get people into it, but it's designed as a high value asset. So you'll get stuff from it anyway. And um, if you guys are subscribers, we're actually going to release it and tweak Amazon and for free for like the first week when it does go live. 
So if you want to ask subscriber list, like we'll email out and you guys can download it and stuff there and then. Actually, use a favor. Send us a link. Yeah, um, I need to make a page for you it. Have a quick yeah. link where people can get on it, and I can I can put it up now. Not for the page, but if they literally just go on our homepage and just opt in there. Content. I'll actually. Yeah. You keep talking. I'll keep, I'll start typing. So if anyone is um, if anyone's on our email list, they'll get the email. Uh, so it was half nine at night here in New Zealand, and that was the issue. My computer starts trying to run like virus checks and things like that, and checking content. Oh, I was like, what's going on? Then. Yeah. Oh man, I've had issues with this computer. Tell me. Okay. But um, I'm also like so stubborn that I don't want to try and even learn how to use a Mac. Uh, I'm just being silly. So, I, so I'm a big fan of kind of like paid media stuff for driving um, for driving sales. And I, I totally get what you mean about you know the whole um, when you stop when you stop spending money, you stop getting traffic. Um, which is why I still have an eye on the SEO side of things we do. What kind of different, uh, obviously you're using Facebook a lot for paid media. Are you using any other channels? Are you using YouTube or Google ads or anything Not like right that? Not right now, just because um, I made a lot of mistakes in the past. So we lost, like we went broke basically trying to fix things and whatever. And ironically some of that was from success like we got too big too fast and kind of thing so we're only scaling up small and we're only sticking to one channel so like in reality we could probably spend like 30 grand a day on facebook and still not cap out so we're only doing facebook right now um i've played around with the other platforms you know i spent like a couple of hundred dollars on each just to test them out or i've got experience doing it for someone else but we're not running anything um i was speaking to who's the guy Joe Troyer of the Digital Triggers podcast. And he was talking about like they they retarget on YouTube, they retarget actually in Gmail and they're getting huge ROI from that because everyone is in Gmail. And I was just like, of course, that's so goddamn obvious. Like why aren't people doing it in there? Um, but yeah, we're just doing Facebook right now and pushing that on there. We have seen a bit of a decrease actually because I think Firefox has put like ad blockers up as as standard now which is fine for running ads in facebook it just means you can't track all the time so trying to figure out how to get around that and stuff but um it's still super profitable the only issue like i was saying is we were getting outbid and so we had to increase our bid per day and the ad stayed the same but we were having to spend far more than we were before which i know is not a huge amount but i think it's more relatable sometimes because Knowing that someone spent 200 grand in a month and made 340 is great. That's because they've got a team of 56 people just in the e-commerce side. And then they've got 200 staff on the shop floor. And, you know, it's not always relevant. That's actually why we got into it, but retargeting originally is because all the content was about big business, how to do like, you know, how to drop 30 grand a day and do this stuff, which is not relevant to people who are mom and pop shops, you know? Yeah. Yeah. There's it's actually um, an advert running at the moment on Facebook about a guy who's joined the Two Comma Club. Oh yeah, so Asriel right. Rats. Yeah, but he hasn't. He doesn't actually mention anywhere in the advert that he's actually spent a hundred grand on advert. <laughs> so like, That's it. Hmm, okay, surely you should actually sort of mention that to start with because um, the people who are signing up to that probably can't afford to spend a hundred grand on advertising. Yeah. And he's a real smart, like in terms of Facebook ads, he's one of like maybe three or four people that I listen to. But again, his stuff is spending six, seven figures, you know, every couple of months, which people don't have. And you need to be able to make stuff work for less, you know, for the person who wants to spend $5 a day because anything else will make them freak out and not sleep at night. You know, they think they're just burning money. And then they scale up once they figure out it's working. One of the things I tend to focus on now is actually trying to re replace any type of paid advertising with stuff like YouTube. Mm. Churn out YouTube ads, drive them to some somewhere specific. And it, okay, retargeting, yes, I'd always retarget, but to actually generate the leads initially. Now, you try YouTube podcasting. Yeah. That's what I'm going to be looking at. You know, not this month, got way too much of a plate, but next month, you know, I, I go to try and get on some podcasts. You know. One of my ex areas of expertise is 
like generating good money from very small email lists. So, so I can, um, I've got a pitch I can put forward. Like, okay, this is what I do. Would you, would you want to interview me? Yeah. Yeah. So I, um, just recently on podcasts on iTunes, they've started doing pre-roll ads that are not associated with the podcast itself. So, you know, some hosts will do adverts inside that they've charged for. I pressed play on one the other day and it was an advert for something totally different with uh, someone recorded and it's literally iTunes itself was playing the ad and pausing the podcast first and you couldn't skip it. And I could see there's no timeline actually going on the podcast and they're just using that because they know that people who click it, they're kind of like, uh, they're doing a, an AdWords kind of, and like just sp selling that ad space, but we're about talking to that person here, you know, which is kind That's of interesting. I think it's interesting. Well, to be honest with you, it's, it, it's more, the, the biggest surprise is that they haven't done it up to now. Um, yeah. If it's now that they're starting on that, it, that, that blows my mind because I'm like, of course, it's a, 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 a massive, like, you know, amount of um, inventory uh, that is available for sale. And yeah. uh, why wouldn't iTunes monetize that? Um, yeah. it's, a, a, it's, it's a smart thing to do. The smarter thing to do would be to, you know, uh, actually, you know, the, the actual uh, creators would get a percentage of that uh, revenue as well. But who knows? I think then you've got, um, you've got implied trust then as well. Like if the creator is mm. talking about a thing and they've researched it and they say about it, then you're more likely to either click across or go by. I listened to this like Australian comedy comic book podcast thing. And this guy's just started with his wife as well. And they, it's called suggestible. They talk, it's 20 minutes. It's them kind of like chewing each other's ear out and moaning about the gardening. And then they talk about books and films. And so like, I've watched two of the films and bought two of the books. And I'll, it's one of the only podcasts where I'll literally like open up Amazon while I'm on it and, and, and buy the thing. And it's because I've listened to so much of their content. Whereas any of their pre-roll stuff, one, usually it's not aimed at the right demographic just because I'm approaching 40 doesn't mean that I want to buy a new lawnmower all the time, you know, leave me alone. I've already got one. Um, but so it's like, there's this disconnect just cause I meet the demographic doesn't mean that's what I'm there for. Whereas, you know, if it was an advert for a comic book on a comic book podcast before, so there's still, there's still room to grow, but yeah, I, you're spot on. I think you do need to be working with the host really. I mean, the thing is, the thing about pre-roll ads, um, it is brand awareness. We discussed this last week. We talked about YouTube, you know, you're not there to make the sale there and then you're there to make the sale when somebody goes, Oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Keeping people exactly. front of mind. Uh, we are tempted. Uh, I, I have been tempted to, to put ads on there just because if you've got more than one location in touch point, there's like a massive uplift in, in click through and, and things like that. It's just, I am very stubborn. And so I'm just like, I want to keep scaling this budget in here first. And it's probably stupid. It's probably detrimental because if I drop $5 a day on that, we probably see like a 10% lift in sales. Yeah. But I don't know. I think there's, there's, there's certainly space there for both. And I'm, I'm always kind of, I've got the nine mattresses on the podcast. I don't know what's what I can't yet. <laughs> Brilliant. Right, Sorry. For people on the podcast, they've just said, I've got nine mattresses thanks to podcast ads and an Audible account. <laughs> yeah, I agree with the Audible account. Yeah. And if you want to get a trial, go to uh, escape plan on cat forward slash audible. You know. <laughs> That's what it is, right? It's on all of them. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Tim. No, no, it's all right. It, it's, I think there is space, certainly, like, you know, with the way that Facebook ads are going at the moment, um, certainly if you're, um, uh, Facebook were meant to be introducing CBO, which is campaign budget optimizer, and in, insisting that we use CBO from now on. Uh, that was meant to be introduced, I think it was this week, um, mm. like the 17th of September or something. Um, uh, they, they've delayed that now to January. But one of the biggest impacts that's going to have is that it actually makes the game a lot harder to do small budget stuff. Um, it's it's um, the way that CBO, in my experience, has uh, been successful is by feeding it a lot of data, i.e. money. Um, <laughs> and if you've got the budget of, you know, uh, a couple of hundred bucks a day, great. You can get that data pretty quick and quickly enough for the optimization to work. So, which is the, the challenge for me is the, though, that 
whilst I'm happy spending that on, you know, for, for, for our um, main business, it's like for other things that I want to do, there's no room for me to test uh, like new creatives and stuff like that, because it's like, you just can't do it um, with CBO, not certainly not at the moment. So I certainly see that there's going to be a lot of movement of people like being priced out of the marketplace, certainly on Facebook, and people are already seeing that anyway. Certainly some of the bigger niches like healthcare and like finance and all that kind of stuff. It's like the um, the cost per acquisitions are insane at the moment. So which is make, forcing me to look at things like YouTube as a better alternative as the the first touch point, as the as the the branding exercise, if you like. And then remarketing, retargeting them on Facebook, um, and we're certainly finding that that's you know we're spending quite a lot of money you know on YouTube at the moment to test and to see see if we can actually make them even just break even on on those on that channel. But knowing that we're going to absolutely crush it when it comes to retargeting them on on Facebook, so I think I think there's that multi-channel sort of approach is certainly the way forward. Certainly when you uh, when you start spending the money that you're spending. So um, a sneaky tactic that we use and the reason why we use influencers and stuff at the start, and it's also why we run ads straight away, is you'll get a massive burst of traffic and a massive burst of conversions. And, that, and so Facebook suddenly has enough data to customize and run an ad. So if you start right away, it's already got enough data in the machine learning program to know who the right people are to target. Like if you're going for a conversion goal. Um, and then you can start off even low because it's got enough data points. Whereas if you were to wait a couple of weeks and now your traffic's dropped off and it's only 30 people a week visiting, let alone 30 conversions, you know, which is like a lot of small businesses are quite low yeah. and you're going to struggle without feeding the, the pixel, which is what we had to do just recently. Um, that's why we suddenly started paying like $200 a day. It's because I needed it to deliver. And as soon as it did, because I know the ad works and the content works, it was converting maybe 60% of the people who were clicking. And straight away, the price went from like $30 a lead to $10 a lead to $5 a lead to like $2 a lead. But before that, it wouldn't even deliver the thing, you know, because there'd been this gap where it wasn't getting enough data. So you kind of like, you need them to be running all the time or getting enough traffic, you know, run a landing page ad possibly to get them through. When you when you think about it as a from a from a cynical standpoint, it's like what what a machine that Facebook's created that forces you to spend and spend and yeah. spend to, just to, just to keep the thing going. Um, yeah, it's, it, you you can't just put your five bucks in and expect you know five bucks worth of traffic back. Um, you know the, the good old bad old days of Google, like you know Google Ads is is is, is gone. What's frustrating is they've got that data. If I stop the ad now, that data still exists and they're saying they can't reference it like again afterwards, after a week period, maybe, maybe they get rid of a lot of it because of like how much they'd have to store, but come on, that's why they have these huge data centers. Cause the more information they do have, the yeah. better they can target the next person who runs ads to those people, you know? Yeah. So, they, yeah. You've got no right to the, the data that you've generated. Yeah, which is why, which is why, you know, obviously it's, it's so, still so important to collect an email address. And I know you're a huge advocate of that. It's like, what are the, what are the things that you, uh, last question, I've just noticed the time, my God, um, uh, in terms of the emails, sort of, uh, the lead capture and stuff like that, what are you doing at the moment? Um, cause you talked, yeah, I know previously when we talked to you, you have very specific opt-ins, very specific lead magnets for the content that you've got. Um, I take it that's still the same approach. Is there anything in particular that you're doing at the moment to actually capture more leads um, at the moment? We do the exact same thing because exactly. it's wow. it's designed to connect with them. Um, it's designed to be the next thing that they want. And so it's a no-brainer. You basically got them excited to take an action and then you give them the action to take. A lot of content gets people excited to take an action, gives them nothing. They go on Google, they search for the thing, and then they go elsewhere. So you yeah. basically just got them excited to go elsewhere. Um, so that's all we do. Uh, sometimes we'll actually retarget people who didn't opt in and take push them to a squeeze page, and we'll get about 50% conversions of people who didn't opt in who then do, just because it's like you, you don't know why they didn't opt in the first time, but you're also kind of 
you're getting to them when they're on social media and their willpower is low and things like that. So then they click across. So that works really well. But um, otherwise, we're spoiled, really. Our content does so well conversion-wise on the front end, you know, that I can be really lazy on other areas. But yeah, that's all we do. And I, I am a huge advocate of capturing the email because that is the only thing you own, really. The content asset that you own that you've created and that audience that you've built. Because then you, like, so when we release this book next week, ideally we should get so many downloads that it'll go straight up the charts in Amazon and then it'll start selling like hotcakes, you know? But um, this thing is trying to start virus checking again. Uh, I'm back on the screen, but yeah, like, you know, if I, if I set up another business tomorrow with a different product and things, but it, it, it had overlap, you could do that because you have an audience that you just write, click, send, you know, move them across. But yeah. Right. So before we wind up two two things before we want, we wind up, has anyone else noticed watching this on YouTube or on Facebook, how much Daniel looks like, um, Vettel. Sebastian Vettel, doesn't he? I don't even know who that is. Ferrari driver, Formula One. Check it out. Right. Uh, doesn't have the facial hair. I no, can grow a mean mustache, I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> right, anyway, so um, Daniel's actually got a, a product out at the moment about mm. you know, getting on podcasts called The Perfect Podcast Pitch. You can get that at, at HTTPS. Um, seriousmarketersonly.com forward slash amp. Okay, that will take you there. His website is ampmycontent.com. You can get on his list there. I've been saying that I tell it, we tell this to everyone. We've actually mentioned you more times on our shows in the last 18 months than we have anyone else. No, we could just say, look, if you want you to know, do content marketing, go to amp my content because it is proper good. Thank you. Proper, I really proper. appreciate it. I really do. Um, obviously, because we'll we be your first love. That's what it was. Um, you never forget your first. Exactly. You never forget your first. Uh, <laughs> hang on a minute. Uh, oh. <laughs> this right. And for those of you on the show uh, who want to know more about myself and Tim, go to members at seriousmarketersonly.com. Come and join our community, free, free community called The Foundation, where we talk about this stuff all week long. Yeah, that's really about it. Oh, so I, members of seriousmarketersonly.com, seriousmarketersonly.com forward slash amp, and then my content. Oh, at leangreens.com. <laughs> I was going to say, so the, the, the podcast course is something that we've pulled out of our main program and, and built upon and created to, to kind of, because we've done so many podcasts, we get like a 65, 70% conversion rate like at pitching podcasts and getting on, but with the process that we follow and we actually use it in our main program for like link building and stuff like that. But I put it on teachable, um, as a cheap course, just to get people kind of like a taster of what we do. So then you're not paying like the full whack. So you can check it out, buy it, don't buy it, do whatever you like, you know, but, um, at least you can see the kind of stuff that we're putting out there. Yeah. And go, go and read the, 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 the four articles on my content will actually take you all weekend to read pretty yeah. much. Well, one article is like 30,000 words in fairness. It's like eight chapters. So it is, I don't know. Do I count that as eight on its own? If you, if you're in the foundation, you followed my tip the other day and bought designer, just put it in and convert it into a pod, into a PDF. There you go. You can actually get the PDF if you opt in. There you go. But oh, don't go. print it. Don't print it. It's 299 pages. So, yeah. Gee, wait, wait, wait. So, wait, your article, your free content is 299 pages of printed. Yeah, but it's also, you know, it's got like 75 websites linking to it. There was a reason, the reason behind the method, a method behind the madness. But yeah, I am super tempted to put an intro on it. Just on Amazon. Yeah. Well, that's why I say don't print it. It's all keep it digital. I had one guy print it and he said, I came back down and it was still going. And I was like, Oh my God, I only saw the file size afterwards. <laughs> oh, Thank you so much for having me on gents.
No, love it. Anything from you, Tim, before we go? No, that's me for Tim. Any, any, hang on, we've got any questions before we go? Oh. Oh, yeah, there you go. I apologise. I've not been print, reading print, the comments. Create a print, print friendly version. It is. That is the thing. <laughs> what, the 299 pages? It's the print friendly version. Thanks, yeah, Donald. Uh, brilliant. I love it. Cool. So, yeah. Um, uh, thanks again, Daniel. That was, um, oh, you uh, once again, sort of blown us all away with all of the stuff that. Uh, we'll, we'll definitely have you back. We'll, we'll wait 18 months. No, if you can fit it in, that is. Definitely. Definitely. You know, he, he, Daniel abandoned a family dinner tonight to come on this show. They're, well, they're upstairs right now having a, a chin wag and they've just got a new puppy. So uh, oh, she's just running around. Yeah. She's, she's running around. And um, I moved. So I moved out of the office that I was renting last time I spoke to you guys and just been working from home. Oh, I love it. I literally just go downstairs and that's it. And it's soundproof, everything, you know, it, sometimes I will try and put like a backdrop there because it doesn't look too good. It looks like some kind of weird dungeon that's going on. That is in my garage, basically. If you go in there. The library in the Lambo. There's a brand new lime green lawnmower, which was like $300 and it's got an electric motor but the damn thing I've got like it keeps turning off after 20 minutes because the battery hasn't uh, fully like got to that point yet. We keep it real. We keep it real. We don't talk about Lambos. We don't talk about Ferrari. We talk about lawnmowers. I should have done it in fairness because like, oh, it's oh, on a shelf. Oh, very nice. There you go. So, so you you yeah. switched from like being in a real office into a home office, and Mark and I have done the opposite. We've both got our, we've both got our own offices now. So, yeah, <laughs> I do like it. It's just um, I found like my biggest fear is because like there's another desk next to me where my partner Freya works, and I thought that when I started working for myself and working from home originally. I was like, oh, she's going to be talking to me the whole time, blah, 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 blah. I won't get anything done. But since I've been working here, she's just like, shut up. I'm trying to work. It's me talking. And uh, yeah, I love it. Like, we literally, like, right now, I'll be back upstairs eating tagine, is it? Some Moroccan yeah. dish that we've got. And um, yeah, and then it's dealt with. And so, like, it's not an inconvenience. Like, before, I'd have to, like, travel to the office. Hopefully, there wasn't a band playing on at night because it was, like, a shared office area and stuff. Yeah, I mean today. I mean, uh, anyone knows, everyone knows I, I like gaming. Um, Borderlands Three was released a few hours ago. Yes, right. So, I mean, if I was at home, right, that would be on pause now. And as soon as we finish this, I'd be back in playing it. But because I'm down here, I haven't even turned it on yet. So That's I will it. probably about an hour. I'll probably take a half day today. To... I did play like 95 hours of Assassin's Creed when Freya went away for a month. <laughs> but no one else was here so like i'd finish work at five and then i'd just play that from like five till ten and then work again but so um, the games podcast. there you go easy enough because i mean yeah. i've got thousands of hours into different games i mean thousands and they pay big bucks that's where the money is these fools doing marketing you know i know Shit. right anyway <laughs> Excellent, Dave. Dave's watching this because his lawnmower guy is late to come and fix his ride on. <laughs> All right, so you would think I'm crazy because we've got a petrol mower in there that belongs to my brother-in-law, but it flooded. And then I was given an electric mower from a neighbor and then immediately it stopped working. But apparently it's more expensive to fix it than it is to buy another one. So then I went and bought another one. So there's three mowers next to each other. So it looks like some kind of I look like what's his face, Ty Lopez, with all these sports cars, but they're just broken lawnmowers, like three of them in a row. Next to, uh... Sorry. What grass have you got? Uh, it's weird. So it's it comes all the way down the one side, and then our drive for some reason fits six cars, but we only have like this one knackered Subaru because we live by the beach, so it just rusts up. So that's the only thing on there. On this, like you could put a boat next to it, and it would still have space for parking. It's ridiculous. I go around on a push bike and then it goes all the way around the front as well. But the garden at the front is on an angle like this. So you can like, I'm constantly trying not to like fall over with the mower as I'm doing it. I'm not a fan of garden, if I'm we talk about lawnmowers. 
the child yeah, of internet marketers, eh? Oh, Jesus. Right, guys. <laughs> Thank you very yeah, much, then, Daniel. I really appreciate your time today. And yeah, thanks for everybody for listening. And yeah. uh, we'll speak to you uh, next week. Yeah, we definitely will. See you later, guys. Bye. Ciao. You've been listening to the Friday Live thing. For show notes and resources, head over to members.seriousmarketersonly.com.